Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Welcome back to OK Sis Podcast. My name is Mads. My name is Scout. And Lily is present in the room. This is her first uh, podcast, podcast appearance. So if you hear any little whimpers in the background, little little coos, little noises, that's Lily Constantine. That's Lily Constantine. <laughs> is that how we're emceeing her? Is that how we're introducing her? Yeah. The okay, sisters, we are IRL. We yeah. are in person <gasps> with when, Lily. When is the last time we recorded an episode together IRL? Months. God knows. Months. God knows. Yeah. But happy Hanukkah. Just kidding. Hanukkah's done. And also Christmas is done. Merry Christmas. Hope you had fantastic holidays. This is the worst time of year when it's right after Christmas. Why? Because it's sad. It's no more Christmas. Oh, but it's nice because everyone has time off. So everyone's excited because they have a week of vacation. So you guys have a week of vacation. We're going to chill. I mean, do people give a fuck about New Year's anymore? I I mean, literally fuck New Year's. Most overrated. Terrible day. Terrible day. Honestly, I was so I was going to just like sit in our apartment with me and Ben June. But then thankfully we got invited to our friend Brett's house. So we'll go there, play Rama Cube, drink wine. Perfect Perfect. night. Perfect. Perfect night. What are you doing? Um, I'll probably go to dinner with Adam and then be in bed by 10. Fantastic. Sounds like a dream. Yeah. Sounds like the dream. Yeah, you know, it not only is it a dream, that's my real life. My <laughs> daily, di- nightly life. Yeah, honestly, New Year's, don't I'm, try I'm, to be what you're not. No, yeah. Don't try to be what you're yes, not. Yes, I feel Amen. like people think that they need to be a certain way for New Year's. No. You do not, we give you permission to not be that person. Yes. You know yes, what I mean? Yes. Be your true authentic little self. What was that? I don't know. I, I think I just had a real, stroke. Is that like a real word? I think Are I just had a stroke. I think language? I just had a stroke. Okay. So I was going to say something. Hold on. Okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so although Christmas is done, sad. Sorry, guys. We have 365 days till Christmas again. What are you doing for Christmas? I'm going to be in Carmel and Big Sur. Okay. So, I mean, like, you're I'm like, like celebrating like it should be. I'm I don't in, like, even the know. Cozy vibes. Is there something you're supposed to do? Like, is there, do people do dinner on Christmas Eve? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like you're with your families and stuff. Oh. Anyways, I don't, how do you not know like anything about Christmas? It's because like I've really weird. I literally never celebrated Christmas except maybe twice with our step siblings. I would love to celebrate Christmas once in my life. That would be great. Like an actual one? Well, we did. Like an we actual, did one I want to like run England. down, no, I want to run down the stairs. I want to see a tree with some presents underneath it. I want to be in a flannel outfit and open Someone presents. Someone asked me if Lily was going to go sit on Santa's lap. No, no, no. We need to no, find no, her. No. We need to find her a Moses to sit on. A Moses to sit on. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of discriminatory that there's only Santa at the malls. Like, what are the Jews are supposed to do? Can you First imagine? of all, Moses is not Hanukkah. <laughs> Moses is Passover. Oh, sorry. Okay, a Maccabee. A Maccabee. Can you imagine just a random Maccabee just sitting next to Santa, like, waiting cute. for the Jews? I think it'd be kind of cute if they had a menorah on the floor and each candle thing was a seat and the little kids can sit in the menorah. Okay. Or they can sit on the shumash we'll, we'll, in the middle. We'll workshop this. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways, but... Even though Christmas is over, it's still that end of the year energy. It um, is. We, this I have is just, the, this is the reflection week mode. This, this is the reflection. This week is zone. the mode that you get into. You know, you're you're you have some time off. You know, obviously take some time to rest. But there's also this really amazing energy of reflection, deep thinking, and a moment to really map out mm-hmm. the next year. You know, I'm not really like a. New Year's resolution, girly. I, I don't think those work. I, I'm, that's not really what I'm saying. It's more of this beautiful opportunity for you to m- literally map out the next year and plant the seeds for what you want it to look like. There's like such a, yeah. I love new beginnings. I love fresh starts. And so this, you know, take advantage of that. And yeah, yeah the I, week before New Year's, the week before, you know, the next year it happens, it feels slow and yeah. restful, but it also feels Charged. like exciting. Yeah. 
it's a kind of it's not like it's a very strange middle ground. It's a good middle ground. Yeah. I love it. I and you want to set yourself up for success. I feel like in the past I've been like avoiding avoidance of reflection, you mm, know, because mm-hmm. it's it's tricky to kind of look back and take the time actually and and you know look through challenges you you know mistakes yeah. you made and and how you learned from them. It's it's still a sticky you know, thing to reflect on. Maybe you didn't meet your goals and that's fine. You know, you have to be patient with yourself, but there's also forcing yourself to, to recognize the moments uh, that you were proud of or things that you did, like that you might've like literally forgot and Mm -hmm. time passed on. So I think it's just a beautiful time. And I, you know, in the past I've used the last couple of weeks to, you know, just like watch a bunch of TV shows or movies. And I'm not saying those are bad things, but if you could really just carve out some time to read and reflect and just sit down, we're going to give you literally a framework that you could do. And this is all you, this is all you have to do. We'll give you the seven questions. Talk about where the seven questions come from. I will. Hold on. I'm just saying that I also have been really doing a lot of this work from the beginning of December because I've been doing the to be magnetic manifestation challenge, as I mentioned in the last episode, and they intentionally start it in the beginning of December so that you you know, Mm, have time. Because if you're, you know, you want to just make sure you're easing into this. So don't, you know, you have one, you have this last week, like really, really take this time and we're going to inspire you to do that. Okay. So Jay Shetty, which like <laughs> literally, what, what was the last episode where we didn't like, mention Jay Shetty? Take a Jay shot Shetty. every time I say Jay, Jay Shetty on this podcast. He obviously put out an incredible bite-sized episode about, called Seven Powerful Questions to Six. Sorry, hold on. Let me Good Lord. He's so much more articulate than me. He's so, okay. he's so um, his, oh. his pacing is beautiful. He is, he's a wordsmith. And it's the the pacing just kind of feels like a ballet. He is a ballet. He is a ballet. Yeah. Okay. This is the podcast episode. Seven powerful questions to successfully reflect on 2022 and end the year with confidence. Immediate listen. Immediate. This play. is so meta. We're basing a podcast play. episode on a different podcast episode. Yeah, I love for sure. It. Because why try to reinvent the wheel? Yeah. You know what? These these seven questions they were very very good. powerful. They were very good. He didn't lie. He didn't lie. They were very powerful, and we were like, "Why the fuck would we make new questions? Like, let's just take Jay Shetty's yeah. and then spread the gospel and spread yeah. the wisdom." And you guys, we'll put the seven questions in the show notes, so you can just like literally copy paste it in your notes app, in your Notion, if you're a Notion girly like me, and write out your little answers. And so right now we're gonna answer the let's seven go. questions. Let's All go. right, number one. What is the challenge that you've overcome this year? <laughs> so deep breath. This year was probably one of my most challenging years in it was also the the one that gave me the most fruits, but I would say it, I mean, I got pregnant and it wasn't the pregnancy. When, that, when did you get pregnant? What I got pregnant month? in February. It was not the pregnancy that shocked me because obviously I'd been trying for a year and a half. So that was not necessarily expected in the moment, but you know, it was, I knew it was coming eventually. The challenge that I overcame was how physically intensive my pregnancy was for mm. me. And it was something that I was not expecting at all, like z- zero expectations. But I had a little bit of a physically demanding pregnancy in the sense that like my second trimester never really lifted. And it was extremely difficult for me to move through that because it limited me severely. And I'm not someone who enjoys being limited. I'm someone who likes going full steam ahead. I had just come off 2021 with a book lunch and I got an office and I hired a whole team, et cetera. And I had such big plans for my business, for OKSYS, for all these things. And I really, really, really had to dial back pretty significantly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, spoiler alert, the dialing back and the focusing, the clearing actually grew everything for me. But I did have to cut the fat a lot because I physically was unable to show up in the way that I used to show up. And a lot of that was... One, grieving my old self because I really felt as if I couldn't just go to LA and go out with you and do a whole day that I used to be able to do because I was exhausted. I was physically sick. Sometimes I couldn't even get out of bed. So I had to kind of grieve 
my old self, which was great because that really prepared me for having a baby because I had already grieved my past self because I had to change so much during that nine months of pregnancy. But it was also a mental health challenge for me because getting sick is one of my mental health triggers actually. And when you feel sick for days and days and days, weeks and weeks, months and months on end, it can be difficult. So one, grieving my old self mental health. It really challenged my mental health to remember why I'm feeling this way, come back to gratitude, understand that it's temporary, know that it has a purpose. And three, it made me dig really deep into my relationship, obviously to productivity and to my work ethic and to the realization that, you know, work really does light me up. And if I can't create, I do get very upset. And so that was a big challenge for me, but it also forced me to streamline, cut the fat, delegate. And that actually created a huge boom in the end. But that was my my biggest challenge this year. And then the second biggest challenge was the C-section recovery. So lots of physical things. Yeah. I'm not like a, I've never had to overcome physical stuff. And so that was, that was kind of my year this year, overcoming the physical shit. Yeah, that is interesting that in years prior, it's been about mental yes. hurdles. Now it was physical hurdles this, this year. So many, you know, from being cut open in a C-section to wanting to throw up all of pregnancy. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Yikes. So I was trying to think back of like there was a, a specific challenge or something, you know, a moment. But really what I thought of is just the, the challenge of, of growing camber and working on it, sifting through being a first-time founder, understanding how to structure the startup, just literally doing all of the things that I have absolutely no idea how to do, like transitioning to a C-corp or starting to raise money or, you know, starting to put on community event, IRL community events in Los Angeles. Which popped off. Which was, yeah, which was really, really beautiful. But all these challenges that, it's just the, just the whole overarching umbrella of, figuring out where Camber lives. Like it's still, you know, is so early stage, so early days. And there is a lot of uncertainty, a lot of clarity that I'm calling in specifically for 2023 around how do we, how do we make a, a, a splash in the app store? How do you launch into the app store? How do we, what are the marketing channels that are going to be the best for us? Like mm -hmm. all these different things that I don't know yet. Like mm -hmm. I literally don't know yet. I've never done before. And that has just been a continuous challenge. And it's going to be a challenge for probably <laughs> the whole time, right? The whole time. But I think the really, really big, like early stages have been very tumultuous. So just the challenge of navigating that. And then also just me having to do all the different parts of the job that I don't really love. And just, you know, trying to figure out how you become an entrepreneur when there are parts of the job that are not fun and not yeah. sexy that you have to just endure. So that was one. I think I just went through a lot of emotional wellness. I think it had a lot to do with going off my IUD, going out, taking out my mm, IUD. And great the, hindsight. Great yeah, hindsight. The hormones, like there was a time definitely when I was, you know, considering going on uh, Lexapro and going on medication for antidepressants. And I ultimately got myself out of that. I'm not trying to say that medication is not an answer for most people. I don't think it for necessarily- not most, just for people. Sorry, for people, for, for people with depression. I'm just mm -hmm. saying, I think I didn't actually need it and was able to crawl myself out of I was something. so proud of you in that moment because as someone who's obviously been under every psych med under the sun, it bothers me and I understand, like, by the way, disclaimer, like zero shame if that's what you want to do. I've done it many times and I supported Maddie in taking it as well. And while you were going through it, I was like, ugh, she will be so much stronger in the long haul if she understands that she's going through growing pains that she needs to personally persevere through to garner that strength and that well, fulfillment. And I just, yeah. in that moment, I told you, I was like, have you taken it? Are you going to take it? All that kind of stuff. I was obviously incredibly supportive, but the fact that you crawled yourself out and you did it yourself, I think is just well, phenomenal. And I knew you could do that. Yeah. Thank you. I think the depression was definitely situational yeah. than it was chemical. Yeah. And so we need to talk about the difference there. Yeah. I think that should be a whole episode. Oh my God. Yes. I don't think we've ever talked about it. Because yours are is just definitely treating chemical. It, and they're treating situational depression like chemical depression. Yeah. And that's why everyone is on so many drugs that in the end doesn't help them. Exactly. I definitely think it was situational. And 
I also think that the, the hormone craziness mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. played a part. Like I remember while I was in the thick of it, my friend texted me and was like, Hey, like, just want to check on you. You've been posting some like dark shit. <laughs> and also like, do you think it's the IUD? I was like, Oh my God. I like totally forgot that yeah. I took the IUD out and like, you know, people have said that, you know, it's really, it's really wild as your cycle is starting to yes. get back to normal. But I also heard things that after a year of being out of it, that you would be like so much happier and depression lifts. Not necessarily the case for me. So I, I don't know. We're not a year out yet. We got a couple months. We got a couple also, months. it's different for it's everybody. It's different for everyone. The libido did not increase. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the digestion is still there. <laughs> the, the fucked up digestion well, don't worry. is still I'm there. emailing Elisa Vidi and she's coming back on. So I think the getting off the IUD definitely will help those things to heal. Mm -hmm. But no, it was not the full answer is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. -S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before. And we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast. Because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right, 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S-1-5. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care, you deserve it. And then one other challenge was money, money mindfulness. I think I stepped 
so, I did so much work into walking through the fear of money mm. and a lot of my limiting beliefs and core triggers that have been instilled in me about money. I uh, have been working with the financial gym. I implore any sisters, I need to get you guys all a code because this it has completely changed my life. It's like a very affordable financial advisor yeah. route. And I meet with her once a month. We go over my budgets. I've been using Mint to go over all my expenses, make all my budgets. I mean, I've always been adding to a 401k or a Roth IRA, but I also then started with the her first 100k. Mm -hmm. We both have been putting in money. Yeah, which into reminds the, me, I have to do it this month. I haven't done it since Lily's born. I have to move the money over. Well, you have to just do it. Auto. I know. I haven't done the auto yet. I okay, have to do the auto. I have to do that you just today. have to do auto so that you don't think about it. Yeah, we've been putting it into mutual funds and um, ETFs. So I don't know. I just have been really taking ownership over money and squashing certain limiting beliefs I've had about myself and the way I react to money. So hey man, we got to get into a whole conversation on that because that was a big focus for me this year. Yeah. A lot of money mindfulness. All right. Number two, what's a surprise you dealt with this year? Getting pregnant. <laughs> okay. Every single question can't be pregnant. I mean, it was a, it was it a was surprise, kind of but like, it wasn't it was really. Okay. A surprise that I, and I don't say dealt with, dealt with feels like it's something that What's like- What's a surprise? What is something that you didn't foresee? That having a newborn is a lot easier than I thought it would be. Mm. It feels very normal. And- yeah. um, You feel, you seem like so calm. I'm very calm. Like even today when she was crying, you were like, thank you so much for telling me, t using your voice to tell me that you're hungry. That's so great that you're able to, to tell no. me when you're hungry. And I was just like- Whoa, you could have had such a different reaction to that being like, what do you want? Oh my God. And start like or we're in public getting really agitated. We're in public. Where it was just like, thank you so much for for telling me that you're hungry. And that was a really beautiful moment to witness of just the different approaches you can have to an agitating situation. Yeah. That, I mean, that is my bit. Honestly, because I didn't know if I was going to like this, guys. I'm not, I'm not, I'll be very honest. I did not know if I was going to like motherhood. I knew yeah. I wanted her. I knew I wanted a baby, but I wasn't sure how I was going to do. And I think the biggest surprise is that I did not get postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. And I think that some postpartum depression and anxiety is situational versus chemical. Mm. And I am grateful that I didn't get the chemical version, but I truly do believe that my mindset tools and my confidence and ability to handle my mental health is the reason that I didn't get the circumstantial postpartum anxiety and depression. I agree. So I think that's the biggest surprise that I have a newborn and I'm not depressed. <laughs> That's a sound bite. I have a newborn and I'm not depressed. <laughs> Should that be the title of the episode? Um, yeah, a surprise for me was all the UGC content I've been yeah, doing. Yeah, totally. Like, that, was been a it. that was a complete... Uh, one, Can it was an opportunity. What UCG is? Yeah, UGC. Oh, UGC. UGC. I don't, I don't so know what it is. UGC is user-generated content and it's a whole new you know, realm of content creation and a new way to work with brands. Basically, brands have now understood that since everything has been moving towards video and yeah. TikTok, obviously, the whole landscape, a lot of brands don't have the internal tools or people to make content for them. And so they have been seeking out personalities and people like myself who don't really have that big of followings. They don't really care about your following, but they seek out these personalities who create really great content and pay me to create videos that they then post on their channels or use as ads. All you have to say is, You've seen the Our Place ads. Yes. Maddie is all over them. Exactly. So, you have seen Maddie in an Instagram story ad before. Yeah. So, you know, I started doing it with Our Place and I think it was, I'm trying to like piece together where this manifestation came from because obviously maybe I was calling in more money or more money opportunities. I mean, I took a very large pay cut to work on Camber full time. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where it came from. You know, I asked for other opportunities or ways mm -hmm. to kind of fill in the gaps there. And that's what came through. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm so honored and blessed. It's been completely inbound organic. I've, and I, I think for the 2023, I'm definitely calling in like an up level and like yeah. just more of that type of work because it's very authentic to me. It's very easy for me to do. It feels very passive. And I think I'm also in that sweet spot of, of newer content creators that are doing this yeah. because it's very, an, uh, it's like an untapped type of you creation. You got like a portfolio. It's almost like I your do. back end. 
Work. I do. I have a portfolio. I send out like video examples that I've done for other brands and get it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't even think I've really talked that much about it on the podcast. If you guys want to, and I see a lot of, there's a lot of TikTokers that are UGC creator TikTokers that like tell you how to do it and all this stuff. And I've tried to watch some of them and I, I don't know. Nah, I, they so, hire you just for your essence. Yeah. So I don't, they don't hire you for your strategy. Yeah. So, so I wonder how I could help in that regard of, because I don't really know how to get, I've tried to do outbound outreach mm -hmm. and it doesn't really work. So yeah, I'm learning too. And it's been awesome. I like sending invoices. I'm, you know, doing, you know, I'm like never, I've never been like an influencer where I send invoices. So it's been oh, interesting. She's an influencer like, invoice at, girly. Uh, look at me, I'm sending invoices. But yeah, so that was a surprise. That was, that was a really good surprise. Okay. Number three, what is something you bought this year? Is this the invested one? So the, yeah, so this is the something that you were like so I excited. Was, I, I just want to explain how Jay Shetty explained right. it. This is so great. Yeah, he explained it a, a really amazing. He he said, "What did you buy this year that really either fueled you or made you better, or that you were really excited and you look back and you're like, I'm really glad that I bought that, whether it was a coach or a course or a material object or whatever. It doesn't have to be anything profound. It could be a jacket, it could be or your laptop, or it could be a car, etc. So what it, or a, an investment that you made yeah. looking back." Like, where did you put your money that you were proud of and happy? And I think that's, yeah, he, he kind of, he says, you know, we, we think about money and there's like a lot of shame around it, around spending money. And the first instinct is to be like, oh no, I've lost it or like yeah. or, or whatever. Whereas he transitions it to be like, look at, look at what you love to spend money on. Look at something that you're so excited to spend money mm -hmm. on. And I just love that change in perception. Yeah. So I have so many because I have zero problems spending and investing in myself <laughs> yeah. and being really unapologetic about it and stoked. So I made some big purchases this year that I would like to celebrate for myself. I bought my first home. Yeah. Adam and I bought a house. Oh my God. We that bought our, this year. Yeah. We bought our dream. Our offer got accepted at the end of 2021 and we closed the day or we moved in the day before our wedding anniversary. Wow. We woke up on our wedding that anniversary. That you guys there. forgot. Yeah, we forget it a lot. Um, we just RSVPed yes to a birthday party on our anniversary. We had no idea that was our anniversary date. Um, but anyways, I bought a house. That's probably the biggest like quote unquote investment that I made. It is so perfectly and beautifully ours. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of, I was reflecting on this because there's a lot of financial expert stuff that are saying that buying a house for millennials or Gen Z is actually sometimes not the best use of an investment for your money as far as return goes and how much you're going to spend. And I was like, yeah, I didn't buy a house for that. I bought a house because I wanted a house. I wanted my own home. I wanted land. Yeah. I wanted to create something of my own. I wanted to be able to know that it's mine and paint a wall or knock down this or do that or add to it and make it really, really feel special. And so I'm just proud of myself that I make, I make investments and I make purchases based off of the desires of my life versus whether or not it makes sense in a spreadsheet. And I think that because I follow my desires when it comes to money, that's how I've been able to cultivate abundance. And that's how I've been able to live in alignment with my decisions, et cetera. So I'm sure my house will pay off tenfold. It's already up because the market's crazy, but I don't know about tenfold, but you know what I'm saying. So I bought the house. I also continuously invest in a coach. So I work with Amy Natalie. I've been working with her for over three years now. And I sign, I usually sign three to six months at a time. And then we talk about renewing. But over the summer, I was like, sign me up for a year. Like I'm in, wow. I'm committed to doing this with you. Every single month, I have a designated place where I really work on myself. So that's an investment that I'm really, really proud of. I invested in my first like online course. I invested in Money Mentality Makeover by Amanda Francis, who you guys heard me talk a lot about earlier this year. She wrote the book Rich as Fuck. And so she's really been my money mentality mentor from afar. So I've been listening to that course. And then last but not least, because I felt like this was the next upgrade and identity level, I bought myself a Tesla. I bought identity myself, level? <laughs> yeah. I am. She identifies as a Tesla owner now. Yeah. I'm like a mom driving a Tesla with my baby in the back. Like Love every that. time I drive, because I didn't like, listen, I didn't need a new car, guys. I didn't. Yeah. But buying that Tesla, like every day I get into it, I'm like, I'm a fucking badass. I'm a mom. I look good. This car is sick. I'm driving to work. I'm fucking stoked. And I was like, this is the types of things I put down on, on things that make me feel good. Love that. Those are great. Wow. You know, my, I mean, my only thing really was 
not only thing, but this was the thing that I, that I came up with is the, my trip to Greece. Oh yeah. I think that was, that manifested itself like boom. One that manifested itself Two, I really, you know, I, sometimes when people say like, Oh, let's go on a trip to Europe or what a big trip, you kind of just like, Oh yeah, sure. And then you never actually do it. Or you get scared because it's really expensive, but just everything aligned. I figured it out. I used points, but then I also got a brand deal that basically covered it. And I had such an amazing time. It's been a place I've been wanting to go for so long. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it was a really, really beautiful highlight of my um, 2022. Yeah. And sisters, if you didn't know that Maddie went to Greece, you are a new listener because um, I think it was a a core pillar of the content. It was like me being pregnant. It was like, I'm pregnant and Maddie's going going to Greece. Greece. Like that was, it was my, it was my personality trait. It was your personality. Okay. Number four, what's the best book or podcast you read or listened to? So the book that absolutely changed my life this year in the beginning of the year in January, I read Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Mm. Joe Dispenza. I still feel like I need to be... It is... It, yeah. It's an advanced, dense Advanced. Book. Advanced spirituality. It's not a light read. It's, yeah. a, it's a dedication. It took me two months to read, and I read it pretty much every night. Oh, hi, little one. Are you waking up? I read it every single night, and it blew my motherfucking mind. It mm-hmm. is You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hayes but so much more in depth into the science practices. Yeah. It was almost like reading a textbook and a personal self-development book at the same time. I felt like I was taking a course and this was my required mm-hmm. reading almost. If anyone is ready to dive into mindset, changing the subconscious and understanding that you can really heal your life from an emotional or physical level through the thoughts in your mind and what you tell yourself and what you feel and believe and experience, that book is mind-blowing. And then... I would say, you know, I felt a little bit of a, I was trying to think of a podcast episode other than, okay, sis, that really, really lit me up. You know what I'm saying? And I feel, I felt a little bit of a drought in the podcast world yeah. this year of things that lit me up, but Rob Deerdick on the Skinny Confidential, and he was on Ed Milet's podcast. He is my new favorite podcast guest. He's fucking amazing. I need to keep a directory of all the podcasts because they're all the podcasts that like lit me up yeah. and you just are just left speechless like, afterwards Whoa. and you send it to all your friends. There have been actually several and I was trying to look through like my text with you or Lauren because I always send it to you guys. But I need to start doing that because there have been actually so many this year that have really touched me and, and inspired me. One that comes to mind was the podcast of Ed Milet on Light Walkins podcast. Oh, yeah. This was the year that Ed Milet went on a podcast tour, which gave us all a gift. Yeah. So Ben June and I listened to it while we were driving somewhere. I don't remember. And both of us were in tears. Like, both of us were just silent and, like, our jaws were on the floor. We were just... It feels like going to church, like something about that man, and then light walk-ins because he was able to bring something out of Ed Milet that, like, even Ed Ed Milet was shocked at that interview. Yeah, he was like, "Wow, you're asking amazing questions. You're so prepared." So I highly recommend going back. I think it's all. It was on Light Walk-ins' podcast, so just look that up. And then I I uh, discovered Reset by Liz Tran. She is just such a great communicator, and the episode on how to build an unshakable foundation of confidence really got me into that whole mindset of choosing confidence every day. And that led us to our episode that we mm-hmm. had on confidence that if you haven't listened to that, definitely, I think that was a highlight of the year for oh, sure. One episode I really like, which is very, um, I just remembered it, very unexpected was A-Rod on Jason Tardick's podcast, which mm. is such a not me. I don't know sports. I don't even know who A-Rod was really, <laughs> but that was a really cool talk because Jason was so excited and it's A-Rod and he doesn't really do podcast interviews. And I think that's always fun when someone who's really big celebrity doesn't do podcast interviews. Like we all remember the Kendall Jenner and Jay Shetty podcast episodes, stuff like that. But that one was really cool. I was into that one. Yeah. I love that. I, I guess also Alex Cooper and Cassie David. That was like my Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't listen to that one. That was my Super Bowl. And then book was You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Yay. You know, I... Currently, I'm getting back into more self-help and business books, and I'm reading Untethered Soul. So Woo. buckle up. Here we go. Here she goes. Here she goes. Remember when Mads wouldn't even say the universe? I know. Who am I? Now you're saying I'm calling in. I'm calling. 
you said that and I was like, I'm totally voice noting my coach Amy and being like, you'll never guess what term Maddie used on the podcast today. I keep Amy up to date on your um, incredible progress in the spiritual community. I know. And it's, it is, I think I just want to be, I think we talked about this the last episode, but it fucking wanna, feels good. I want to just make sure I'm keeping track oh, yeah. of things that do come in. So for instance, I literally wrote down in my manifestation journal, I'm calling in clarity around marketing camber mm -hmm. and the app store launch. I've never launched an app in the app store. What does it mean to be successful? Paid The paid media landscape right now is super saturated. People are saying that it's so wildly competitive right now. So we're just, I was like, I need to call Everything in. is wildly competitive. No, I know. But, but I'm also just, I'm calling in more unique ways to market this. You know, I don't want to do what everyone has done and I want to be different and I want to use a different strategy. So, you know, I even look, I just had this ping to look up on TikTok app store strategies or like app store launches. And this one guy broke down this like really cool company that was wildly successful. They did like this wait list thing, but then it was, I don't know, there was like this whole strategy with it. And I literally said to Lauren, I'm like, we, this is what we do. This is exactly what we do. We do this, we do paid TikTok, we do SMS marketing, and then we do this other like activation in person. That's it. Like that why was the strategy. Why don't you do the UGC, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> UGC? Yeah. Oh. Why don't you do that? It just depends what the, so with the budget, like we yeah, probably, the yeah, the budget, the budget. So <laughs> we are a startup. So, you know, obviously we'll have more of an ambassador program and fuel it that way. But one-off UGC or one-off working with influencers is probably not what we're going to do to begin. Yeah. Because it's a bit expensive. So I don't know. I just was like, I want clarity on those really unique you know, marketing strategies that no one else has done before or that, you know, hasn't been done in a while. And if any of the sisters are interested in being an ambassador, 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 or a part of a street team, ask for Camber, DM us at OKSIS podcast. Yeah. The ambassador program might be something where, cause there's so many, there's so many people that DM me and Camber asking if they can contribute and yeah. honestly contribute for free. I would never ask people to do things for free, but I'm thinking of ways like, do I create an ambassador program where, you get access to like cool private dinner series or things of that yeah, nature. That's cool. And that's how you get paid for us rather than camper club. Yeah. Like a little camper social club. Can I be a part of it? Um, you don't really take TikTok content. So no. Mm. All right. Number five, what are your blind spots for next year? So the way that Jay Shetty explains this are what are things that you've never done before that are blind spots that you're calling in that you're, you know, the goals you have for the next year, but you literally, and you just don't have clarity around them. But if you know that they're your blind spots, then you're able to go mm -hmm. into them with a bit more. Yeah. I don't know. how. how so I it. have two big ones. Yeah. One is that Scott's agency is launching a B2B branch and oh, yes. service. Yeah. And I've never worked B2B. I've always done client, facing. like just client facing kind of thing, like working with more solopreneurs or personal brands, authors, et cetera. So going into the more B2B quote unquote corporate world with Scott's agency is something that I've never done. So that feels exciting and definitely scary because it's a little bit not my immediate nature to go into something like that, but yeah. I have an opportunity or I see an opportunity and I see a path forward that's so expansive and exciting that I feel like it's going to really position Scouts Agency in kind of the expert role when it comes to running podcast tours or using podcasting as a form of PR. And so that's definitely one of my blind spots. And I'm grateful that I have Heather on my team who does come from more of a corporate experience. That is more of her jam. So I feel like we really complement each other. So I feel really supported that I have the team and the support to really execute on this, but it's definitely a blind spot of mine. Um, you know, I can talk to you know, we, we have a very specific avatar client at Scouts Agency and I can talk to the coach or the author or the small business owner on sales calls all day long. But what does it look like when I talk to a big box PR firm out of Texas or a small PR firm out of Ohio? Like, what does that look like for me? Mm -hmm. So the corporate branch that we are launching feels a little scary to me and that's exciting. It feels a little scary. And so that's my, one of my blind spots. And, um, my second one is being a mom and an entrepreneur, running a business while taking care of my baby girl and what does that balance look like and how do I do it as gracefully as possible? I'm already starting 
to feel into how I'm going to do that. You know, I think she's going to come with me to a lot of things. She's in my arms right now as I'm recording this. <laughs> I'm uh, speaking at a conference in Vegas next year. I'm planning to bring her with. But also, you know, when it's work time, it's work time. When it's her time, it's her time too at the same time. So that's a big blind spot. Like how do I run a business and be a present and mindful and intentional loving mother at the same time? Because as entrepreneurs, you know, we don't clock out necessarily. And when the business needs us or it's a quote unquote emergency, I'm the one that shows up. That's my pay grade, literally. So that's a big blind spot. How I'm going to be a mom and an entrepreneur, but I have complete faith that I will do it with integrity and love. And when I feel off balanced, I will accept, address and uh, fine tune. Yeah. I think you're already winning at that. Yeah, I would say so. Well, I mean, it really helps when your work is your passion. So people were like, you're back to work already. And it doesn't really feel like that for me. One of my identity pillars is my work in many ways. And so I want, I genuinely from the bottom of my heart want to do both. And when you want to do something. Yeah, you figure it out. You figure it out and it feels a lot easier than like having to do something. Sure, sure. Yeah, my blind spots, raising money. (laughs) Still, Mm -hmm. I think um, that was a blind spot this year as well. I obviously have learned so, so much, but the end, the tail end of the raising process is still a blind spot. The securing the capital, how it's all going to tie up is still a blind spot that I'm very, you know, has been testing my trust in the timing. Yes. And has been testing my trust in myself. Yep. And yeah, that's what I'll say. I I think I am still, I know, I know I am still extremely confident that it will work out. It's more so a timing issue. And yep. so it's raising when, money. When, not if. It's when, not if. I kind of touch on this, but launching into the app store is a blind spot. Clarity around the growth of Camber, you know, getting to... 50,000 weekly active users like that. That is a what I don't know how to do that, uh, but we're going to figure it out. And everybody on camber. <laughs> that is going to be, um, but I'm basically a blind spot for me is I have the strategy of how I'm going to get there, but it's the execution. It's the you know, knowing when to pivot, it's the experimentation, it's all mm-hmm. that nitty gritty stuff that I'm just going to have to be very present with as we climb to that milestone. And then up-leveling OKSIS. Okay, yeah. Up-leveling OKSIS. Okay, I think we have ambitious goals for next year and you know, those are some blind spots of, you know, we, we've been in the podcasting space for so long, but there's also a whole new frontier of video and a whole new, so much more to learn about how the space is evolving. And so some blind spots for us is just continuing to integrate those new strategies or figuring out ways that we can up level, you know, we can't just be stagnant or doing what we used to do that like Mm -hmm. we have to evolve. So it's so fucking rad that we that podcasting has been such an impetus and such a activator for our lives over the last four years. I mean, I, I yeah. truly, if we didn't get on this mic, I don't know what our lives would be like today. We, I really I don't think we would be as I wouldn't have started Camber. I don't think we'd be as empowered and I wouldn't have started Scott's Agency because it's fucking based in the podcast world. Like we, we literally owe our lives to you sisters, by the way, because you keep listening and this podcast, like truly yeah. we, we owe our careers, our alignment, our personal development, our growth to the fact that you all continue to listen to us every week yeah. because that makes us show up every week. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. Obviously we talked about the podcast that have inspired us and the fact that you're listening right now yeah. to us. We know there are literally millions, millions of that podcasts you can choose from. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So mm. it means the world that, that you're spending time with us and then we get to hang out with you as you're either walking or doing your hair or sipping your morning coffee. Or driving. Or driving. Driving's a big one. Okay. Number six, what made you happiest this year? I mean, I'll say two things. One, seeing how capable and competent and empowered my team is at Scott's Agency. I think that I'm building a company culture that is very different from a lot of other businesses. 
and to witness how the women who work for my business feel about their job and how supported they feel and how inspired they feel by the work that we're doing is something that fills me with so much joy because when you start a business, you want to do it because you see it. But when other people not only see it, but when you see that what you've created provides them with a beautiful work environment that has growth opportunities where they have a say in their future, where they feel supported and inspired, it's just really fucking cool. And I think this year I've shifted a lot or I've really worked on my mindset and who I am as a leader and a boss. And I've come to the conclusion and I've put into practice that the more I can pour into them monetarily, emotionally, career-wise, mentorship-wise, the better their lives are, the better my life is, the better our clients' life. Like, it's just better. So that's made me really happy. We did um, employee reviews and it was literally my favorite day of the year. Like, it's not my favorite day of the year because Lily was born, but it was just cool. Everyone was fulfilled and excited about the future and that felt really good to me. So that made me really happy. And then seeing Adam become a dad Mm. has been the first time I saw him holding her was just, I was so happy. And seeing the way he is with her just makes me so happy every single day. Yeah. Yeah. What made me happiest was meeting Lily and just having Lily. It's like, I keep saying this, but it's just an instant serotonin. It is like... Just so surreal to know that she's going to be around forever. Like, it's just crazy. It's weird to think that she wasn't here at one point. It's so crazy. And she is just so precious. And yeah, so that's definitely been a stream of happiness for me, for sure. You know, I think what made me happiest, these are kind of just more overarching things, but my relationship with Ben, just those Mm. little moments, you know, everyone always asks like, what's new with Ben? I'm just like, or what's new with you guys? And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just so perfect. Like, it's so great. And him and I, you know, just have such a beautiful, there's so many simple pleasures and daily joys that I get from our relationship. So I'm just so happy that mm. it continues. It's beautiful. Also something that I haven't said on the pod that we can talk about later, I guess, is we've started to go to therapy together. Oh my goodness. Yes. You're we, so... We've started to you do don't pre, tell me things. pre-marriage counseling. Wow. Not even engaged and we're going for the pre-marriage counseling. Yeah. You should do it before you're engaged mm. so that you know for sure. <laughs> I'm just waiting. I'm waiting over here patiently. Yeah. So, Oh my, just kidding. It'll be, it'll be a little bit, but yeah. So so my relationship, that's great. Yeah. And then my home, I just, you know, I, I love my home. I write it in my gratitude journal ever, my apartment. I write it every day that I just, it's my dream apartment. I so lucky to live in it. Even if there are moments where I'm like, it's, it's smaller. I wish this was whatever. I don't know. I just sit and I'm like, I remember the time where I dreamed about having this apartment. Mm, I think it's so easy to get into that moment of like, oh, well, I want a house or like, I want this. But I really sat back and I remembered when Ben and I were looking for apartments to move into in 2020. This apartment, like I... I just, I looked at it. I was like, there's no way we can live there. It's like too perfect. It's like too, you know, it's expensive. It's this, yada, yada. And we ended up getting an amazing deal. I mean, obviously it's a little out of like what we probably could, should have been spending, but we did get a deal because of the pandemic. And I just remember being like, oh, that would, that apartment would make me like the happiest. And so even in mo- like in those moments, I catch myself where I'm like, wait, this was my dream and yeah. everything is exactly the way I want it. And so it's so crazy to think about what we wanted when we started this podcast and where we were just four years ago. It, you and I have literally quantum, quantum leaped beyond. Yeah. It's really crazy. And it, you're, it is important to be like, oh, I remember when I wanted this. Yeah. Because it becomes... Once you get the thing that you want, it becomes normal. It becomes Comes normal. It becomes the standard. You forget, you forget the magic of it. So I've been try, I've been really, really trying to sit with, wow, like this yeah. is exactly what I wanted. Look, my couch, I, 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 de- I decorated it exactly Ugh, what I wanted. The mirror. You have the, the best mirror. mirror. Just everything is exactly what I wanted. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's beautiful to sit in that gratitude. And then growing the Camber community. I think that's made me the happiest throughout this journey. Although it's been quite tumultuous uh, in terms of like the other realms of the startup. I think just people coming up to me in Los Angeles 
and telling me that they love Canberra or that they love yeah. the content, they love our recommendations, what we're building, that every time I feel low and it's so funny, the universe literally gives it to me at the perfect moments. Like I'll get a rejection from an investor and then I'll go out to dinner and someone will come up to me and be yeah. like, and it's just literally the universe being like, keep going. Also think about the amount of people that don't come up to you. I know. Like for every person that comes up to you, there's got to be 10 that don't. It's so surreal. And it's funny because I definitely wrote in my manifestation journals and things like I want to have a bigger social media presence. I want to be seen. I want people to know me. And I thought that would happen more so from the podcast or like more so from my personal. But the fact that it's happening in like a form that, again, a surprising thing. It was like, it happened in the in form person. that I, yeah. in person, in the form I didn't really expect, which was through Camber. But yeah, it's been really beautiful. So I feel, I feel very fortunate and happy that that has manifested that way. Yeah. All right. Number seven, who's the person you couldn't have gone through this year without? Mm, my husband. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mine is definitely been you, Lauren and Brett. I think the conversations on OK Sis have just helped me like sift through things mm -hmm. in my brain and help, help me navigate. And then obviously Ben has been like, I mean, there would be no camber without Ben. Like yeah. literally every day I'm like, not every day, sorry. Many days I'll be like, I'm done. It's out. I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. And he's like, no, 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 no. Go to the computer na, na, and na. just do one thing. Just do yeah. the next motherfucking right thing. That's beautiful. And so he's been an incredible support, obviously Lauren. And I'm just so grateful that she has invested so much into me and, and, just believes in me wholeheartedly. Like it's, I've never felt literally from other than you and Ben, like I've never felt someone mm. so invested and trusting mm -hmm. of me. Yeah. So I feel very, very fortunate and happy. And then obviously Brett, BFF Brett, which you sister know all about her. She has just been such a great best friend. Yeah. I would say my husband, cause he, has been my partner in crime through raising Lily and being pregnant. He took care of me during my C-section recovery. Like he did everything from lifting her to getting me everything I needed to taking care of her. He really, it was, it's, it's amazing to see our relationship with a newborn and how beautifully we navigated it together and how much stronger it made us. And then the other person that I really couldn't have lived without this year was uh, my director of clients, Heather, who mm. has literally allowed me and given me the gift of four weeks with my baby girl and flexibility to be with her. And she's basically run my business for the last, you know, five weeks. And that is a gift that I really didn't think that I was going to get. So definitely can't live without that one. Love it. Oh, that was so so refreshing and yeah. so grounding. Oh, oh, I really grounding loved that. And wholesome. Very wholesome. Sisters, we're going to leave these questions in the description. So just give yourself the gift of an afternoon, go to your favorite spot, go to the beach, bring yourself a journal, get yourself your favorite coffee or tea drink, and just put on a good music, a good music, good music, uh, good music some songs and answer these and really have fun with it. I think it's it's a really beautiful practice um, so that you can move into next year knowing your blind spots, knowing how yeah. to recover from certain mistakes or like knowing all those things. So, And if you do it, take a photo of yeah. wherever you're doing it and tag us and post it to your stories. And tag okay. Jay Shetty because this is... Yeah, tag <laughs> at OKSisHonest okay and at Jay Shetty. And then he'll be like, what is this? Okay, so this podcast. Should yeah. I be on it? Yeah, and we'd be like, yes, Jay Shetty. You You'll be the, the first, first boy, male guest. So. Bill Hader said no, so you're Bill the next. Said no. <laughs> okay, sisters, we hope you have a beautiful end to your 2022. We will see you in 2023. And if you love us and feel so called, we would love, love, love a five-star rating and review. It's the best and easiest free way to support the sisterhood. We love you. Happy New Year's. And we'll see you in 2023. Love you.